Nick fucking cage month week two guys welcome to the messed up at midnight podcast I'm your host Max Steele and we are in week two of Nick cage month where we are covering the bad the schlocky and maybe the good we might see with this movie I am your host Max Steele and as always I am joined by the kid in elementary school who took picture day a little bit too seriously and that is, of course, the one, the only, Mr. Michael Flaherty. Mike. I just want to say to all of the hoes who sat there and walked in not looking crisp to picture day, what was going on, y'all? Okay, I watched the original Great Gatsby for five minutes. I saw how they were dressing, and I went, that's what I'm going to do for now, forever. So, like, from second grade on, y'all were, y'all were, y'all were shit in the bed. That's all I got to say. Bro, you were just I don't know why I was the... Am I the crazy person? It was a better time back then. Why can't we just replicate that now? It was with our picture day. Bro, you were just walking in like wearing your dad's just oversized suit. <laughs> Absolutely. Day, and with a poorly Absolutely. done tie. <laughs> like you tried to of do course. a Windsor, but it just ended up looking like a boat, like a shitty version <laughs> of like the shoelace. <laughs> yeah, it looked like a square knot or a shoelace. No, it would probably look like a like a shoelace. And I would just look like it looked like a teddy bear that got put into a tuxedo. Like, <laughs> well, Mike, let me tell you something. We are two weeks into Nick Cage month. And I got to tell you, man, my head feels like it's on fire. I just it's like it's hot. It's, like it's, it's burning. Hot. It's like burning. <laughs> I haven't been eating so much. So I'm feeling like looking really skinny. And something just makes me want to go back to like. The 90s, drive my Harley motorcycle, you know, maybe hit on some chicks, some watch some, I don't know, friends or whatever the, you know, uh, edgy show yeah. was back in the 90s. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to fucking, I want to fucking down a Coors Light. I want to ride on my fucking Harley, listen to my Limp Biz kit and go fucking and go hit up some chicks at fucking Woodstock 99, baby. <laughs> maybe this is what I'm talking about. Maybe afterwards we'll go to Buffalo Wild Wings and watch some UFC fights and Absolutely. maybe listen to some Shine Down. Who knows? I'm not, I'm not wearing the tap out shorts for nothing. That's all I got to say. I'm, I'm ready to throw down. But if I'm not going to throw down, someone else has got to be throwing down. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And you can't tell by our uh, jabs at Gen X, we are talking about Ghost Rider with our oh. boy Nick fucking Cage. I am. Oh, I'm so excited. Is this our first superhero movie we're talking about? This is. I believe this is. Which I mean, I gotta be honest. Nothing is more fitting for Rest of at Midnight than fucking. Ghost Rider as the first fucking superhero movie. I mean, the only way we could have potentially topped this is the original unreleased Fantastic Four movie from like mm-hmm. 1993. But alas, we decided to do Ghost Rider because because we're edgy. Any, I was about to say because both, both Max and I did listen to a decent amount of Three Doors Down and Lincoln Park in our early years, and I got I don't know about you, Max, but my favorite superhero as a kid was. Surprise, surprise, motherfucking Ghost Rider, because really? he was super badass and cool and he looked edgy. <laughs> and now that you're older, you look back and you're like, I, I stick mean. by it. I stick by it. <laughs> I stick by it. I'm telling you, man, I look back and I'm like, man, middle school me got almost everything wrong. This wasn't it. I love this movie. This movie was fucking awesome. 
It is so stupid. It's so bad. And it's amazing. It's amazing. I'm like, I love is it, it. Is this your this, Nacho Libre? This is my Nacho Libre. But unlike Nacho Libre, where it's an actual masterclass in filming, and while you can make something that appeals to both adults and kids, mm-hmm. and still have it be this really endearing yet funny story, mine is just like, it's ridiculous. It's needlessly edgy. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And boy, has it aged just like just like milk. <laughs> but it's awesome. But it's awesome. There are moments with this movie where I'm like, fuck, yeah, let's do this. But then there are others where I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, how this is so, so formulaic and so, so of the time. And for those who want <laughs> context for this movie, this came out in February 2007. Now, I don't know if you know this, but that was a pretty big year for Nick Cage when it comes to movies. You see, he was in Ghost Rider. He was in National Treasure 2. Classic. And he was also in the movie Next. And all three of those movies earned Nick Cage the nomination at the Razzies for Worst Actor. Oh, deservedly so. Like, the the man... See, Nick Cage... See, I always feel like with Nick Cage... Now, granted, Nick Cage is a a messed up at midnight. Just... He's he's a love of ours. He is our mascot. The man man is a dream. However, even even our dream and mascot is flawed inherently in that he has the capability of performing poorly. Mm -hmm. But for Nick Cage... It's always he always overperforms. That's his poor performance. You always get something from Nick. And there are moments within this one um, where we do get something when we'll get into that later. Um, But one thing I also found interesting was this movie was also nominated for another award. And it was nominated for the best horror film at the Saturn Awards. I thought you were about to say the Oscars, and I was like, actually, <laughs> how? <laughs> I was about to say, like, how on God's green earth? No, okay, at the Saturn Awards. I honestly have forgotten about the Saturn Awards, so I'm going to be honest, that's, that's pretty par for the course. I think they, may, they mainly, like, stick with, like, fantasy, sci-fi, which I'm like, okay, I get, but I feel like if you were going for, like, a best horror film... You're really scraping the bottom of the barrel yeah. when you're talking about Ghost Rider because it's not really even a horror movie. I could see no, it as like a fantasy sci-fi type of thing, but horror, really? Yeah, I was about to say, who? I just want to say, who at the Saturn Awards just saw that and just went shook? I am shook. I, ooh, this, this needs to be nominated. We need to bring this in. Like... Because there's no way someone watched that and unironically went, oh, yeah, this deserves an award. They had to have seen that and just gone like, well, this is it. So they just fucking slapped it in and just didn't even care. They just didn't even care. Must have been a really thin year for horror movies. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And they were like, they were like, either it's this or 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 fucking Neil Breen or Yui Bowl. So they're like, all right, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just give it to Nick Cage. Now, there was also another fact that I learned while researching this movie. It's that this is the director 
Mark Steven Johnson. It is his second outing with directing a superhero movie. Now, can you guess oh. what his first superhero movie was that he directed? Fantastic Four. It was Daredevil with Ben Affleck, which once, oh, I, once, once I learned that, oh. I was like, okay, I mean, he, oh. ste- he like stepped up a little bit. Not by st- much. Not by much. I mean, you know, Dude. he was trying to develop oh. a niche for himself at the time, kind of like um, how the Russos were with like Marvel, but I not just- in the way that I think he was intending. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just want to sit there and just look around. At like 2000s horror movies, not horror movies, not horror movies, 2000s superhero movies. Mm -hmm. Because literally up until 2008, it was just, I don't know what the fuck it was, but they all decided that they needed to just be crazy edgy. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I feel like it was the ethos of of the 2000s at that time, because literally think about it this way. We have the Blade movies. That mm-hmm. came out in the 2000s. Were those like, were those 90s? The same, no, same, no, no, no. I think Blade 2 and Blade Trinity came out in like the 2000s. Okay, okay, yeah, you yeah, you yeah. can check and review. Yeah. But but at, but then we had we had uh, Ben Affleck's Daredevil. We had Elektra. We had Ghost Rider. We had we had Superman Returns with uh, the, the which was weirdly edgy and had uh, Patrick Stewart as Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. I just. The 2000s were a wild time. For but then we also movies. had Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. So it's like we're getting what? both ends of the spectrum here. It's like it's we, got Dare- we got Daredevil on one end and Marvel was trying to like find their niche. Meanwhile, like DC is over here banking out like The Dark Knight and <laughs> Batman. And like they're getting some good solid stuff under their belt. But, but it's just, Marvel just it's kept throwing shit itchy. against the wall. Yeah. It's all so fucking edgy. Like you can't sit there and like great. I love Beast of Batman Begins and Dark Knight. You, you get no argument from me. That being said, you can't look at those movies and just sit there and just go not edgy. Like they are, they are, yeah, but yeah. that's good. But they're good edgy. Like they're edgy with a purpose. Whereas all the rest of those movies are just so like they're just so needlessly edgy. And when was when was Spider-Man three? Because that's like the king of edge. Oh, Spider! Oh, with with fucking Topher Grace's Eddie Eddie Brock. Exactly. Spider-Man three, two thousand seven. Oh. Ghost Rider oh. came out the same year. As oh Spider-Man my 3. god, dude! You have you have you have Bully McGuire when he's doing his little dance and like cussing everyone out. Like, oh my god! I'm telling you, no, no, no. This is a now. Now we're on conspiracy theory territory, man. The 2000s up until Iron Man, everyone was just like the only superhero movies that are going to be good or edgy ones. They have to be all of the edgy characters. And you're like, no, we can have characters be goofy. Like, you don't need to be fucking cruel. Well, I mean, I kind of like again, we talked about nostalgia. I kind of think back to like those that era of the superhero movies. And it's really It's so simple. You go in, you watch a movie, you enjoy it, and then you can leave. There's no setup. There's not like, you know, 15 years of movies that you need to see like it is now. Like, if I wanted to go see like, you know, the new 
Doctor Strange or the new Iron Man or the new Spider. Like there is so much context that I need and even little Easter eggs that Marvel's throwing in like with their TV shows that I just cannot keep track of as a as an yeah. adult with a full time job. There's no <laughs> way that I can that like any of us can keep track of that. It's yeah. just but meanwhile, when you go it, back to this era, you get a movie that you can go in. You can sit down. You can. You don't really need a pretext of who the character is. If the movie does a good job, it'll do that for you. The most you might need is like like a Dark Knight situation where you know you might want to go see Batman Begins before you go see this movie. But other than that, that's it. You don't need you, to watch a TV series and three hundred movies to get to this point. But I gotta say. It's a double-edged sword. We mm. can look at this with rose-tinted glasses all we want, but most of the superhero movies we went to see sucked. We had, ten, we had we had we had Sam Raimi Spider-Man One and Spider-Man Two, and then we had Batman Begins and Dark Knight, and that was it. That was it. Those were that was it for that for that series up until fucking Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, and I'm counting. So it's like, I'm counting movies like pre-Avengers. So yes, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, those were fine standalone movies that you could watch by themselves. Yeah. But, it's, it, yeah. but nowadays it just God. feels like I have to go see so much. No, honest to God. Honest to God. It's, I literally, I, I was like, I don't know, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if an, I'm, I'm an anomaly or there, or there are other people who are like, who feel the same way. Mm-hmm. But I am quite literally, after Endgame happened, I literally like, just wiped my hands, went, that's it. And then I just stopped. I feel, like, I feel, I like, I feel like you're not alone in that belief. I feel like a lot of people are just like, all right, that's it. Except for Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. It's I still haven't watched the new Spider-Man. Really? Or the most recent one. I haven't. And it's, you know what's really weird? I'm almost starting to like that I haven't seen it. I'm starting to like it. I'm turning into a contrarian and I don't know how to feel about it. Because I'm sitting there hearing everyone gush about it and talk about it. And they're like, oh, have you seen it? And I'm like, nope. And they're like, oh, you need to. And they just go on this spiel. And I'm like, this is kind of a high for me right now. Like, just like, I haven't seen it and I don't care. I really don't. So I was like, this is kind of awesome. You do know what happens though, right? I don't. You don't. Oh, so I have the power then. You do have I the could, power. I could just, I could just ruin. Well, I could just I make you say, a little you're bit inconvenient. <laughs> I was going to say, you're going to mildly inconvenience me. That's what you're going to do. You're just going to be like, dang it. I'm going to be like, all right, well, I guess I don't need to see it. No, I'm not going to do that. I've, I've never been that person. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But getting, like, getting back to what we came here to talk about is we are here to talk about the flaming skull man himself, Ghost Rider, and Nick Cage, for that matter. Those, that description kind of fits the both of them. So now, Mike, I have to ask you the ever important question here at the Mess Up at Midnight podcast. Mm-hmm. Play it on me. If this movie were a drink, what would it be and why? See, see, you know what? I'm done with situations for this for this movie. Ooh. For this movie, I'm not doing a situation. This is an actual drink that you can make. It's called flaming cocaine. It is a shot. And it is literally, it is literally a f- just half Jägermeister, the other half 151 plus like spirit. Mm-hmm. You float the 151 or anything stronger 
on the Jägermeister, light that motherfucker on fire and, ju- and just drink it. And I got to be honest, that is that movie in a nutshell. It is a shot. It is on fire. You're like, oh, that's gross. But also like kind of kind of hype at the same time. And I'm just, it is just a punch in the face in every in every conceivable way. OK, so you see, it's kind of funny because for this one that I came up with, I kind of took a page out of your book. OK, so but. In a, kind of combine what I normally do coming up with the, like a, an actual cocktail and I'm taking it with a situation. Okay. okay. So, okay. So, so stick with okay. me. We kind of went down the same idea with this one. So I'm sure you won't be surprised. So right. let's take a look at the vodka Red Bull. But, oh, when you're a oh, senior, yeah. but when you're a senior in college, it's formulaic. You know what you're getting. There is nothing wrong with it. But at this point, after you know a few years, you're kind of getting tired of it. Much like the basic ass superhero movie at the time, you know, you had mm-hmm. your Batman, your Spider Mans, you know, which were again were very well put together and each you know brought something to the table. But now let's think. I've kind of discovered that if Nick Cage were an alcohol, he'd be absinthe. <laughs> so to try something different, you decide to mix the two into something small and contained, just 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 to see what happens. And you get what I call the absinthe bowl shooter. You see what? Oh. Uh, not what I call it. I stole this offline. It's one ounce vodka, one ounce Red Bull, half an ounce of absinthe on top, and you just light that shit ablaze. And there you go, the Ghost Rider absinthe bowl, <laughs> dude. I'm yeah, absolutely. Like honest to God, it's just it's just the the only cocktails I can think relating to this are just. Full on gut punches of intensity that you're just like that. That every that no sane person over the age of twenty six is going to be like, lay it on me. <laughs> like, I have a few like, more months, guys. I got, I, yeah, I got exactly. time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You've got you you've got a fucking small window right now <laughs> to fuck to get to get in a flaming bull Ghost Rider shot or or a flaming cocaine. <laughs> Who knows? We might try that one day. Oh God! Oh Lord! Maybe, maybe, maybe. We'll have to we'll have to wait to see about that. So, guys, let's crack open a cold one and let's get into talking about the wonderful Ghost Rider with Nick Cage. Right off the bat, I gotta say, early Marvel openings when it was like the comic book and it wasn't like any of this like fancy like. Stuff we start off in the letters and we come out and it's like big 3D. Just missing the days where it was just a comic book. Oh, what, dude? I was just like shuffling through the comic book pages. Dude, I, I see that and I'm just dude, like, that's nice. That is big old, really big nice. old, big old man hours over here, man. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, nothing I like more than seeing the comic book flip where Marvel shows up as they flip the comic book more. Like, honest to God honest to god like you had it you had it there you mm-hmm. it, like coca-cola or mcdonald's you had the fucking like you had it you didn't need to change it they tried, to make, it. They tried to make a new coke with this new opening with the 3d stuff but Absolutely. we already had something that was perfectly fine we had the flipping comic need, book pages <laughs> you improve what was already great so again getting past our big old guy energy we start off with the only way that we possibly could in the 2007 Ghost Rider with a Sam Elliott 
voiceover. I, 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 again, again, it's one of those things where it's like, where it's like, this movie rules because it's like, it's like the intro. You're like, you're just thinking about it. And it's like, when you think of who would be the narrator for Ghost Rider, there is no other person that comes into the fucking mind. Maybe, maybe John Wayne, if he was still alive, but like, <laughs> but like, honest to Christ, literally, literally, it's just fucking Sam Elliott. You're like, there's no way anyone would introduce this other than Sam Elliott. Like this man, that man was in Roadhouse. He already has the biker energy down to a science. Okay. This is like, like the most Western man currently like alive right now. But, like I, I am surprised that Sam Elliott does not go to fucking like Kmart or fucking like Piggly Wiggly or H E B or Safeway, whatever. Pick Piggly your goddamn Wiggly. store, dude. That I sent me, that, right. that, dude. That sent me like back to when I was living in South Georgia. Shit. I'm, t- I'm telling you. Okay. Pick your, pick, pick your, oh, God damn it. Pick your grocery <laughs> store. Pick your grocery store. I'm surprised that this man does not show up to said grocery store on horseback. Like Dude, I honestly, to- if I saw if I saw Sam Elliott sh- transporting himself, not on horseback, I would just be disappointed. I would just be disappointed. I, don't know. I feel like if he was walking, he would just be like carrying around like a bunch of hiking stuff, kind of like he did. I don't know if you've seen Parks and Rec. He plays a character oh, there. Yeah. He just kind of yeah. wanders through the woods, and I'm like, I feel like that's how he like actually is, and they just like. <laughs> Sent him on set and he just continues just to wander through nature with his hiking stick. But in this movie, he plays an older version of the Ghost Rider, except he is on horseback. And right, right off the bat, I'm like, that is badass. I want to I want to see more of this guy. So what do like, like we see this guy, the, the imagery of like, you know, the old cowboy with the flaming skull with the horse that every time it steps, there's like a little bit of fire there. And I like I want to know more about this character. So what does he do? He runs away from the devil, and then we don't see him again until the third act. Exactly. Much like much like much like two thousands movies, they introduce you to a character that you're super into, and then they go, "Psych, that character doesn't show up until you're you're five minutes away from being done with the movie," and you're like. God damn it. And they don't even, they don't even use him right, but we'll we'll get into that later. So he runs away from the devil, and then we cut to this wonderfully awful, like Hot Wheels inspired opening credit scene. Like this looks like if like they, they took the year 2005 in video games and turned that into an opening credit scene. It looks like it looks like if it looks like if a 14 year old who listened to too much corn got to design a Mario Kart like track. It's just like it's just it's all flames and brimstone, but it's also like tight turns and all of this as the slamming of like these cr- like credits and impact font with fire. And you're like you're like man. If I was 12, this would be like the greatest thing on the planet. Well, I bet you that's just that's just what they did. They just found a level on Mario Kart that kind of looked like this and just went with it. Yeah, they were just like they were just like make it more red and orange and on fire. And then we're good. And they literally they literally just did that. We cut to several years in the future in the wonderful year of 1986 and we get a carnival because 
of course. I feel like I've mentioned yeah. carnivals um, and their cesspool of diseases, filth, and anguish in our puppet master of you. So just go listen to that I one. Was to to say, I was about to say. I was about to say. I was about to say, man. At this point, like car. It opens up on a carnival, and you're like, you're like, yeah. I feel like I feel like a felon or or a, or a biker would probably be here. Well, I gotta say, when we see these characters, they are probably the most clean cut carnival employees that like <laughs> exist in this world. Like they they have all of their teeth. Their hair is kind of okay. And they, look, they, they, they can look walk like, and they don't smoke cigarettes from what we've they, seen. They look like they have at most two DUIs, which I got to say, as someone who has been through a carnival, that that's not true. That's that's not the case. The, these motherfuckers look like they are two, two, two bad days away from falling off the wagon. That's all. Like, that's all I got to say. They got, you two never they got two in them. Exactly. They got two of them. And you sit there and just go. You can't go over to the guy who's doing the ring toss. Look at him and unironically go. That guy's got his life on track. <laughs> so Johnny. Johnny Blade. Johnny Blaze. I feel like that's how I need to say his name. It's just like so 90s <laughs> and cool. I was about to say, it's it's oh oh my god. I love Stan Lee because Stan Lee is credited with coming up with the name Johnny Blaze. And he's just like the more and more God rest Stan Lee's soul, obviously. RIP. What he is missed. Hmm. That being said, Stan Lee definitely it is like later half of like drafting like superheroes. He definitely started to just give less and less of a shit because it starts off with like all these really interesting, intricate characters with a cool backstory. And then it's like, oh, the guy's Ghost Rider. He's on fire. Blaze. Johnny Blaze. There you go. Go with that. (laughs) Do that. And they're like, not like Jonathan, like, like Davidson. They're like, nope, Blaze. And you're like, okay. All right. All right. All right, he's the boss. He's the boss. So again, clean cut carnival. They jump through like the whole ring of fire. Johnny Blaze, like when he finishes the stunt, he gives this fist bump that reminds me of that one meme where it's like, hey, Scotty, Jesus, man. Jesus, man. <laughs> like when he finishes it, he just like fist bumps to the crowd and everyone's like cheering and yay. It's all happy. But then we go to the next scene. And as if this, you know, hot shot motorcycle guy that we have seen so far can't get any more stereotypical. We get the carving of the initials into the tree cliche with Johnny and Roxy. Was this out of style by this point? Like, were we done making fun of this and they just brought it back and they're like, Oh, back for one more. I see. Yeah, exactly. They just they brought it back because they 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 brought the dead horse out again so they could take one final whack at it with a bat. <laughs> like I feel like at this point it was just beginning like it was already out of style so they tried to pull like a Hallmark card and try to do something endearing with it and you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. hit the, hit the hit the audience they were trying to reach. No, no, this movie is Ghost Rider. You, you don't you know no, they, I was about to say like, audiences, guys. They're trying to they're trying to tug at the heartstrings, and I'm like, ma'am, I, I'm like, uh, attend, uh, Ghost Rider, you need to know your audience. Half the people that have watched this movie are named Kyle, so <laughs> let's just let's just cut out all of this needy, needless crap, and just slip in all slip. So get back to the good shit. 
Get back to he did this and he's a stunt writer and all of this shit. Well, yeah, like Johnny and Roxy, the young versions of them, they have all of the charisma of like a bag of wet chalk and the acting between these two in this particular scene. She's just like, I'm leaving. And Johnny says, (laughs) what? Kind of like the way that Mark Wahlberg said, what? No, in the happening. And his uh, Johnny's southern accent goes in and out for like a split second and they uh, all of a sudden they decide you know what let's just agree just get out of here let's get out of town (laughs) and that's all well and good until johnny goes back and finds out that his dad is dying of cancer but his Mm -hmm. dad didn't want to tell him so johnny does what any (laughs) angsty teenage boy would do and he goes to work on his radical motorcycles yeah yeah exactly he's just like he's like he's like damn it he goes what am i gonna do it is like and and like you would half expect him to do like a kevin bacon dance number like in footloose but instead he goes to work on his bike because he he doesn't dance none of that stupid shit because he's a cool badass (laughs) so he's like repairing his fucking bike or whatever cool badass so the devil shows up now (laughs) because i he's just really into the carnival motorcycle stunt show that kind of looks like it's just like two 12 year olds put some boxes on a ramp and we're like yeah that'll be pretty cool i I think that'll be okay It looks like it, everything looks like it's set up to be a jackass stunt. Like it is so poorly handled. A jackass stunt done by like twelve year olds, minus throwing a fire. I'll give them that. But stacking like the ramps up on like boxes and shit. Like absolutely, absolutely. They 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 got a bootleg of like Jackass Two, and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, we're gonna do that. We're gonna do that. And so it's just this really everything just looks like it's like inches away from just like just like falling and just like breaking breaking someone's spine (laughs) and the devil's just like the devil's like this looks like a breeding ground for someone who's really gullible yet badass (laughs) and gullible and badass they find the devil comes and speaks to johnny cage not johnny cage johnny Johnny cage johnny cage for mortal kombat mortal kombat and ghost rider sign me the fuck up johnny blaze look they they all they're all the same (laughs) Johnny so the devil comes talks to Johnny Blaze and they got Peter Fonda to play the devil but like in this scene I was like you look like Jack Nicholson bro like yeah I they definitely the sat the there did and his I, hair like it looks yeah. like Jack Nicholson you literally you literally could sit there and just look at like look at Peter Fonda in this and just go and just go yeah they definitely didn't want Peter Fonda for this but he's the one that answered so Peter Fonda's what they got <laughs> and we get campiness after campiness with this scene where like the devil's walking around and we get a flash and his shadow is like this hunched over demon character, which I'm like, that's not how that's not how lighting works at all. But you know what? He's the devil. I guess he can do whatever the fuck he wants. I was about to say the devil can direct lighting. <laughs> so as the devil went down to Texas, he was looking for a soul to steal. And he looked at Johnny oh Blaze and said, I'll take and he pauses. Looks right and looks left over his shoulders for some weird reason just turns back to Johnny blaze and says your soul 
and so yeah. fucking campy. I yeah, love it. I, I was about to say, I was about to say, I could rip on this this scene easily. Like, there's so much that's wrong with this scene, but it's just the most like hokey bullshit that I'm just like. Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. He goes, I want your soul. And you're like, fuck yeah, take, take his fucking soul. Like, yeah, ruin his you're life. Like, do it. And because, because Johnny doesn't listen to all of these songs, you know, about making a deal with the devil, he just decides <laughs> to just go emo, accidentally cut himself for the devil, bleed on a piece of paper, and whoops-a-daisy, you're in a lifetime contract. Sorry. Yeah. It's, it's, it's also also I just like the context of the entire scene leading up to this. Johnny, like he heard his dad whisper about him having cancer. Mm-hmm. Well, he found the letter. Too. Johnny is having a yeah. Johnny is having a crisis mm-hmm. working on his bike. Then some old guy who looks like Jack Nicholson mixed in with Emperor Palpatine shows up and goes, "Also, of his 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 cancer." For your soul, like, and he's like, and like, the best part is, is this dude does not. This dude tries to play confused, like laughing at the guy to being like thinking about the deal, and like that's a swing of several emotions. And the whole time he's just sitting there, just like with the most vacant, the most vacant yet worried stare, <laughs> and, and you're just like, you're like, man. I feel like there should be more emotions going on right Bro, now than like young, looks, young, Johnny, like he, young Johnny Blaze acting. We'll get into some of my favorite moments later, dude, but it's very it's very wooden. Like it feels like, like he could have given like he was giving like maybe 60 percent, but like he could have he couldn't really get there. And they were like rushing for a deadline. So like, all right, fuck it. We'll, we'll, we'll make it work. He looks like he's like having a real crisis about what his Taco Bell order is going to be. And he's like, he's like, he's me every time I, I go know. through the drive through. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Just this worried like vacancy where you're like, oh, man. Uh <laughs> But anyways, we got to move on past this because I could just rip on young Johnny Blaze all day. So after this, his dad miraculously begins to feel better. And you're like, yay, everything's okay. Movie's going to be over. And then he fucking dies anyways. And I feel like the statement is understood. But like with this situation, fuck the devil with that. And it's Mm -hmm. it's here where Johnny Blaze, little Johnny, just acts his ass off. And instead of crying, he just twitches his lower lip and scrunches his face together and dad and tries to like you know do that thing when you cry we're like dad dad yeah but exactly but no tears are coming out at all so it just looks like i don't know he's got like the hiccups or something yeah it's like it's like i i just love that they like sat there and just were like cry now because like this kid could barely could barely show conflicted mm-hmm. as like or bar- barely show like he can barely show emotions already. What makes you think this man can cry? Mm-hmm. And like I was thinking just being like, how about just so shocked you don't know how to react? Mm-hmm. I feel like that'd be a lot easier for this kid <laughs> because this kid cannot do shit. Like but just completely just, like, shut down instead of trying to yeah, show emotion. Yeah, like, like, like completely shut down. I was like, that would probably be easier because they're just like, stop thinking and just look really just just completely shut off. Mm-hmm. Like that would have been easier. But no, nope, no, nope, they're like, you need to cry. After this, 
the devil, we see him in the distance, he fades away, and Johnny gets on his bike and starts driving away, and he gets knocked off, but jo- but after Johnny gets knocked off in the middle of the road, he rises, and he turns, and he points at the devil. There's a lot of pointing throughout this whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is. There really, really is. So Johnny, so the devil and Johnny have a conversation. The devil basically gives Johnny the uh, the red pill subreddit and tells him to forget about love, life, and family, and wake up sheeple, and all that yeah. wonderful shit. Oh my where God. he's basically <laughs> says, hey, you're in a contract with me. I will come when the time is needed. So Johnny still goes to Roxy and of course it's raining like any other cheesy movie and he drives away. I just, I go ahead. I I just, I just want to talk about that because like, because the devil leaves and he's very obviously at the cross, the classic at the crossroads, Mm -hmm. like not known, like, and this man chooses to hop on his bike, drive directly past Roxy and just like make eye contact very slowly and then he just quietly like putters away like you could have just not gone to her bro like that's just that feels like rub it that feels like salt in the wound just like looking at her and as she's like <gasps> like like almost like yay he's here like just like start driving away it was like you could have just not been there bro what a like, piece of shit man like kind of low key dude, his, dude his like, dad just died and now he's got to come pull that what what the fuck? I'm kidding. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> what an asshole. So we flash forward. I I don't know how old um, Johnny Blaze is supposed to be in this movie, but they just kind of like flash forward and we are 15 minutes in and we finally see our Lord and Savior, the man, the myth, the legend, Nick fucking Cage. Nicholas. Nicholas Cage. fucking Cage. And of course, we go into the stunt show. We get some Ozzy Osbourne because you know what? What? What else would be played <laughs> at a motorcycle stunt show? And in the, Texas, in Texas, where all of the crowd they look like uh, my Tennessee mountain people ancestors. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, exactly. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting there just looking at this, going like, you know, this is the most accurate depiction of Texas I think I've ever seen. <laughs> It's just they're blaring Ozzy Osbourne with just a bunch of mountain people just like going ape shit about a, a stunt man. <laughs> outside of Austin, outside of Austin, in Austin, they just kind of oh, sit. They yeah. just kind of sit around and just you know drink their coffees, their lattes, host, assuming, host their podcasts. Fucking losers. I'm assuming. I'm assuming. Yeah, exactly. What dweebs? I'm assuming they're two. They're at least two hours outside of Dallas. <laughs> I'm assuming they're at minimum two hours outside of Dallas. So of course Johnny's on his motorcycle. He starts driving. He makes the jump, and then of course he fucking eats it. Like I mean, this man must have been going. I don't know how fast. Like maybe a hundred miles an hour, trying to jump over. I can't remember what he was trying to fucking jump over. What was uh, it like? some, I think it was some 18 wheelers, 18 wheelers, buses. It, it does, doesn't fucking matter. He fucking eats it. And then he gets up perfectly fine. And nobody says anything like this kid just like gets yeah. up and he's perfectly fine. He's like, okay, yeah, cool. Whatever. We're going to go about our day. And then they go back to their <laughs> tour bus. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's so great because they all like hunch over. They're like, hey, are you OK? He goes, how is the shot? Or like, you know, he's like, how's my bike? And they're like, they're like, oh, Johnny. And then he like gets up and they just walk off. And everyone's like, yeah, like you're not going to sit there and just be like, how the actual fuck? And I'm like, bro, like bro, you're you not going to call ever, a DMT? You ever thought about donating your body to science? Because, dude, you shouldn't be alive right now. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, oh, yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. So we go back to the tour bus and Johnny is taking care of his people by giving them a PS2 and they're all sitting around, they're playing poker. Johnny is sitting and I think he's eating specifically red and yellow M&Ms out of a martini. Nope. nope. Jelly beans. Jelly, jelly beans. My mistake. Red and yellow jelly beans out of a martini glass. And this just kind of feels like one of those like ham fisted moments that like so a beginner writer would put like, oh, he eats red and yellow jelly beans as like a characteristic in the script to try to make the character appear more like three dimensional and unique. But here it just kind of feels forced <laughs> for like a better weird <laughs> it feels weird like if it was the red and yellow like em- like like jelly beans but it was just like like a little cut like a little like bowl and he was like and then you're like okay whatever like fine but it just for me it was the martini glass like it's part of him like, like he's holding why? it yeah i'm like i'm like why it makes it makes absolutely no sense yeah so they no. have this whole <laughs> argument they they're switching through the channels they see this like they see nick cage on the tv and one of the crew says like oh you got something you know you got someone special looking after you and then cage of course looks out the window and says maybe something else and then we get like a (laughs) like a lightning strike and we see the skull and the reflection and this is just so cheesy but also so fucking cool (laughs) it's just it's just the most it's just so hard to dump on this movie for me just because it's like the movie feels borderline self-aware it is so edgy it's so like it is is so close to being self-aware in my opinion it is it's so close to being self-aware that it's just like then he goes maybe something else and you're like oh come on and then just the lightning flashes with the skull and you're like God damn it. I don't know. This movie came out in 2007. So I'm just like, were they self-aware? Like it's on that like weird border time. Like, yeah, yeah. Before, before being self-aware was like cool and trendy when like movies were like trying to take themselves super duper seriously, but like they didn't need to. They didn't understand that brevity was like super important and necessary. So it's kind of, it's weird. It's on that border. But after this, we get so after Nick Cage's sees his skull in the reflection, the camera goes out and then we get raining fire I'm like, oh, who is this? And then we get the introduction to the big baddie of the movie and he just goes Bleh. and then we go to a biker bar. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's all oh, so great. And I never understood these scenes where it's like we show this character and they just go like lunge at the camera like the, the fuck were they lunging at? Like. Was there like, I don't know. Yeah, there's no there's no 
Yeah, there's no like cool introduction of him like entering the realm and being and like looking around going like what a waste and like moving through or anything like that. He's just he literally just goes, and he just like jumps for a cheap jump scared the whole time. I'm like, why? It was that, it's it was so that, unnecessary. Like it was that one scene that won it the best horror movie at the Saturn Awards in 2007. It was different. It was it was it spoke to the people at the Saturn Awards, man. <laughs> Another jump scare. So we get this is Blackheart, by the way. He gets stopped by this biker guy at the front and Blackheart just stabs him with one finger and then just walks in. And that and, I, and that's the scene. Yeah, now, we now we I, we actually spoke before yeah. this podcast and we kind of have like two different like views of what Blackheart is. So mine was like he kind of looks like he kind of looks like he belongs in Twilight. And I originally I said Edward Cullen, but now that I'm thinking about it, not really Edward Cullen. But if this guy was like lined up with all of the vampires, he would like he would fit in. Oh, yeah, I would. I would. I agree with that. I agree mm. with that. This guy does look like a Twilight stand in, mm-hmm. but I want to go further. He looks like a Twilight stand in. But the stand in is Ben Shapiro doing an impression of Elvis because he's got this like pasty white skin. He's got this big pompadour and just like in like the clothes are just super weird, very twilighty. It's just like the visuals are really weird. Mm-hmm. It looks yeah, it just like it looks like a twilight character, but the character is played by Ben Shapiro doing an impression of Elvis. Like it is just the weirdest shit that you're like what? Like okay. Sure, whatever. This is also the second time we brought up Twilight in this podcast, so I don't know. Cool, I guess. Yeah, super fast. This is a sign that we're gonna do two Twilight movies now. We're gonna do if we make any more, we're gonna soon be running through the whole the whole series. Tell you what, tell you what, if we get to five, because I think there are like five Twilight movies, we will absolutely we will talk about doing a Twilight month, but stay tuned. You will see. We will see. That's Now, now we now we got to keep track. Now we have to keep track. You brought it up, so now it's like now we have to understand how far we go, how far along, and how many Twilight episodes. And this is what happens when you just go into recording. You kind of have an idea, but you but you don't know what you're going to say. Things just kind of happen. So now it's like, oh shit! Now I guess I got to talk about all the Twilight movies. Yeah, (laughs) we go to Nick Cage's apartment next, and I got to say, his apartment is filled with like a bunch of motorcycles and religious books. It really feels like he is a traveling tent revival pastor trying to appeal to Gen X. And, you know, maybe after, maybe they'll go watch some Monday night, Monday night raw, and then go listen to some Alice in Chains and then do a quick Bible study. I was about to say, yeah, just looking at the fucking apartment, you're just like, man, this guy definitely listens to a lot of Creed. (laughs) Like this guy, uh, this guy definitely has like Creed and fucking Alice in Chains and like maybe a little bit of like Switchfoot just like playing in the background as he's like fucking losing it to like with arms wide open. He's like, yeah, uh huh. Maybe a little, maybe even a little bit of Kid Rock sprinkled in there. Ooh, okay, we're getting a little spicy. And okay, okay, okay. Hey, hey, it's 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 mid to late two thousands. And looking at this guy's apartment, you're like, if if we didn't know who was in this apartment, we'd be like, oh, it's one of 
those guys that fits the description that we just said. Like, <laughs> so he sits down. He does the same thing, like with the like with the martini glass, where he sits down. He's eating the jelly beans, watching TV. We get skeletons. This is kind of a pretty like inconsequential scene. He talks about like you know second chances and all that, trying to kind of shoehorn a theme into a movie called Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. Do you really need a fucking theme? Then after this, we go back to um, what, are we, what are we going to call Blackheart? We have we have like a name for all these different types of characters. Are we going to go with Ben Shapiro or Twilight? Twilight. Let's just call him Twilight Boy. Twi- so, so Twilight goes into the bar and we get introduced to his ragtag group of misfits, including Earth Guy, <laughs> Water Guy and Air Guy. And I got I have a question. Does this make Johnny Blaze the avatar? I was about to say, like it's literally they have we have we have we have earth, water, and air, and Johnny Blaze's fire, and it's like just this combo. Long ago, the four nations lived in harmony. Oh my God! Long ago, the nations lived the, na- the nations lived in harmony, listening to their Alice in Chains together. The Ghost Rider is just Gen X Avatar. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> no wonder it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> it was Gen X Avatar. <laughs> they're listening. They're sitting there like watching Ghost Rider while listening to like Twist by Korn. <laughs> they're like, yeah, yeah, this is cool. As a uh, as a man who has a doctorate in um, the late 90s, early 2000s, heavy metal and Kyle Core scene, I believe that you meant to say the song that you were looking for was Twisted Transistor by Korn. So please get your oh facts straight when you were. <laughs> Bro, I like, I don't, like, God, I don't give a shit. It. I don't give a shit about Korn. <laughs> so, sorry, I'm trying to get. <laughs> yeah, so moving back, they talk about second chances and like his managers with him and. Those managers being reasonable, just being like, dude, how the fuck are you alive? And he's like, oh, no, second chances. And, again, and like they have this back and forth and until they talk about the big stunt that they're doing where like the manager's like, hey, this is like really crazy. Are you sure you want to do this? And he's like, yeah. And they're like, OK, f- OK, whatever. So after the whole Blackheart scene where we get introduced to the Avatar gang, we cut forward to a big stadium. Where people, where all of my extended family and rednecks are there at the big jump, you know, just cheering on, you know, cheering for Johnny Blaze. And what is he doing? He is staring at himself in a mirror and listening to his music. And I got to say again, we're digging on Gen X here, but Johnny Blaze with this jumpsuit that he has, he looks like a 90s Gen X Freddie Mercury. I, he looks yeah yeah he, like you know how like like fat, how like in like bohemian rhapsody there was freddie mercury like posing mm-hmm. before he went on for like the live aid concert mm-hmm. where he was like just just sort of like getting into the zone and just sort of like prepping himself it looks like nick cage is doing the same thing but he looks but he looks like he spent way too much time hanging around tra- like watching travis pastrana videos <laughs> from like the x games <laughs> So he's just like, so he's got his like wraparound Oakleys and his like, and his like biker like jumpsuit. And he's listening to his music, just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Show that drywall who's boss. He's trying to get on X Games mode. <laughs> Absolutely. He's going full X Games mode. As he walks out, he gets ready for his big stunt. And he gets swarmed by journalists. 
Now he says he doesn't do interviews, but then we hear a familiar voice, not even for an old friend. We get a whip pan and standing in the light, of course you fucking knew it. It was Roxy from the beginning. She became a journalist. Who could have possibly seen this coming? Yeah, exactly. You're like, you're like, wow, couldn't. Yeah, I'm so surprised. So surprised. And Nick Cage, like any, you know, they stop and they talk, you know, and Nick is, wow, it's been so long. And he doesn't he does do an interview for her, you know, returning the favor to an old flame. And of course, while he is on camera, he gives the classic line of "Um, I watch a lot of TV. I've seen you. I've heard you got married. And he is giving off very much like, you know, stalker vibes. This is exactly <laughs> what you want to be saying to a girlfriend you haven't seen. And, you know, yeah, however many I, it's years. Like, since, since you were, yeah, since you were like 16. Yeah, it's like I heard you were approximately lost this many pounds. I've heard you've been married for this long. I heard you live at this address and then have this is your social security number. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just it's just. It's just one of those things where it's like they purposefully wanted to make the interview like super awkward and weird. But like, it's just like. It's just it just the whole time you're kind of just like, just like, oh, my God, this sucks. Can we please move on? Like, dude, let's just let's just get past this. This is weird. This is uncomfortable. And yeah, of course. And like, I mean, like you said, we we go to the next scene after, you know, um, Nick Cage and Roxy have this interaction. It's revealed that. He won't be jumping cars like his manager had thought. He's going to be jumping running helicopters. How does manager not know that, you know, plans have changed? Like, isn't this supposed to be his fucking job? Yeah, I was about to say, as like as much as we would like to sit there and just like be like, oh, man, how did man? Johnny really pulled the rug over his manager's eyes. Mm-hmm. You also have to sit there and look at the manager and just go, how did he do this logistically? How did you do how did so he, wrong? How how did he how did he how did he get this behind you? Like actually, how did he bankroll this sudden change and then also like run it past finances? Like, there are so many moving parts to this. How Johnny Blaze would have had to pull this the fuck off. And his manager, it the more you read into it, the more and more incompetent his manager comes across as. But it's supposed to be like this really heartfelt moment where, you know, Johnny Blaze's dad was like saying he always wanted to do a to do a helicopter jump. And we see this with a flashback, like as he's about to do the jump. And I'm sitting here thinking, wouldn't this be like much more effective if this was somehow set up at the beginning of the movie in order to pay it off? I feel like that yeah. would have been like a, you know, much more rewarding payoff to this particular scene. But no, they just were like, oh, yeah, we got to shoehorn this in somehow. So they just like, oh, yeah, flashback. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's it is like it would have been way better if he was like, Johnny, we just got this big gig over at this place. They want us to jump helicopters. But before that, he can he like brutally dies or something like that. Yeah. That would have been way cooler. But no, they're just like, nah, just flashback to him saying it. And you're like, well, God damn it. OK, fine. Whatever. And like in The Wicker Man, we get some snap zooms in this fucking movie when nick cage is getting ready to make the jump 
and I, God I fucking, damn I it. fucking love this. I, I love this so much. What is it with Nick Cage and snap zooms? What is it with Nick Cage and fucking snap zooms, man? I swear to God, I'm just gonna. It's you know it happens that too, right? Oh yeah, of course I fucking noticed it. I, dude, the Wicker Man drove me insane. It did it so much. So when I saw, so I sit there just going like. Okay, yeah, this is just like dumb, like 2007, mm-hmm. like wannabe good movie. And then I see the snaps and I'm like, motherfucker, god damn it. They're really trying. <laughs> I was like, they're they're going for it. They're going for it. It's not painted out. And of course, you know, of course he fucking makes it. You know, yay, crowds cheer. Okay, cool. And then he just leaves. And he goes to find the van that Roxy was in. And he is in in this scene. Nick Cage is riding next to the van. He's talking with Roxy and her camera guy. And he's pulling off like what every middle school boy thinks would get the girl. And he is doing some (laughs) rad tricks on his motorcycle. It's just okay. Also, I feel like we're missing out on a really crucial point here, which is that. As so, so the first shot is Nick Cage coming up to the van as it's moving. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, obviously they're not going to actually have an entire van rolling down the highway as Nick Cage is doing these tricks. That'd be insane, and it is way too dangerous. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, they're doing it on a green screen. That's fair enough. Totally fine. This that's pretty par for the course for Hollywood at this point in time, at least. They, honest to God. Have the I don't know who they had work on the green screen, but they need to be fired because it looks it literally looks like some shit. Where it's so obvious if you look at it, like like really look at it. Don't turn your brain off, but just look at that scene. You are just like, what the fuck are you doing? Actually, what are you doing? Because it's just it looks like some shit from like from like the Brady Bunch from the 70s where you're just like where it's the rolling road behind them as they're like sitting in the car. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's just the whole scene is just it's just like one. The, the what they're doing specifically is just like. It's just, it just looks like shit that like grown people would not do. Some somebody like, on like, production would have looked at it and been like, I don't know about this one, chief. Yeah, you'd sit there and just like just like show up and like go up near the near it and just be like, hey, can you stop? or something like that. Like you try and talk to him. Maybe you'd be a little goofy. Maybe you'd like do a wheelie or something like that or mm. like go do a nose thing. But like this guy's doing fucking gymnastics moves on it. And you're like, OK, all right. No, that's not. <laughs> listen, not listen, like he's a skilled stunt driver. How do we know he can't do that? <laughs> fair you know what fair i take it this whole scene works out perfectly after you gave me that clarification it's not like we don't know he can do it (laughs) you're right the absence of information is not the absence of truth or whatever bullshit whatever the dumb fucking quote is so nick cage stops the middle of traffic to try to talk to roxy and he's, you know, trying to hit on like, you so like Italian and saying all these, you know, things to try to get her, get her, get her in, you know, get her to agree. And then he does what any logical person, you know, he just decides, OK, I am going to just kiss this woman without her consent. He, yeah, it's just <laughs> again, 
man is like he just out of nowhere just starts kissing her and you're just like okay hey whoa hey man like let's 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 pump the brakes a little bit dog like like i don't know if that's kosher and also he i feel like more importantly he stopped a highway He stopped traffic flow on a fucking highway. It's not like it's not like it's a fucking four way street that was extra busy that day. Like this man stopped an entire miles an hour. People are going like eighty, and he just stops. And the funny thing is, instead of being pissed, these guys get out of their car to see like what's going on, and they see Johnny Blaze. They're like. Oh my God, Johnny Blaze! And they start start up and go like asking him for autographs and not asking him to. I don't know. Get the fuck out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Like, like everyone's like, oh fuck, no fuck where I was going, Johnny Blaze. Like, there's not gonna be a single person. Be there's not gonna be one person going like, hey, move. Like, even if fucking like Kanye West was fucking stop the traffic. I gotta be honest. I would sit there and be like, hey. Big fan of the music. Can you move your goddamn car? (laughs) This is great and all. Move. Get out of the fucking way. So there's a scene. They start signing autographs. We get some choppy early 2000s editing with the Avatar boys talking about the devil. The black um, uh, Twilight saying something like I'll retire him just like I'll retire your father. Again, a pretty inconsequential scene. Go to the next scene where. Roxy is sitting at this restaurant waiting on Johnny. Okay, you know, she got there a little mm-hmm. bit early. And, you know, he might be running a little bit late. And she pulls out an eight ball, shakes it, and then looks at it. Again, not set up at all. This also feels like one of those things that the writer just put in to try to give some character development. <laughs> yeah, like, it was just... Like, it would have made, like, I don't know. Like, I get the whole, like, thing where she's, like, she's, like, oh, like, like, she's she's really just nervous or mm-hmm. some shit, and she, like, needs, like, confirmation or something like that. I feel like maybe her texting someone and the someone being, like, you got this, or, like, maybe a horoscope and be, like, good luck's in your future or something like that mm-hmm. would be better. But this woman at a, at a, like, they say it's fancy. Like, they're, mm-hmm. like, it's a fancy Italian restaurant. She... Pulls an eight, my magic eight ball out of her purse and just starts shaking it. Like, no one's going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, Bro, what just been- why is that? Why is that famous reporter rattling an eight ball alone? It would just been better if she pulled out like an eight ball of cocaine. I'm dude, if she starts like right hammering, <laughs> if she starts hammering nose candy, like, I would just be like, yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. Damn, I was like, this movie, this movie just got hardcore. We get a scene of Nick Cage talking to himself in the mirror. His hand starts getting like super red for some weird reason. We're like, oh, what's this? We go back to Roxy sitting at the dining room, you know, waiting. And he has the waiter, you know, have her pour the whole ass bottle of wine at the restaurant. And that's the scene. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like with a lot of these bad movies, we get like a lot of like short scenes that like, just don't add anything that very well could have just yeah. been cut for time. So much of this, like, I feel I, I feel like most of these like movies, like, just pad for time. 
like a lot of the scenes that you're just like, why the fuck is it here? It's just because the writers weren't clever enough. So they just went, oh, yeah, just oh, this will pad the time. Like they can't expound upon anything. So they're just like, yeah, that's fine. So Cage wanders outside. He hears his bike revving by itself. And then he points again and says, <sighs> you to the devil. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's just why? Why is it? Why does he need to dramatically point? Like he doesn't need that. Like he could have just sat there and just been had to go, "Hello, Johnny," and he's like, he like jumps, like, "Oh my god, what are you doing here?" Like, but no, he just sits there and like, like, like an anime character squaring off against their favorite villain. They're just like you, and they just point and pose, and you're like. What the fuck? He's like, all right, uh, uh, okay, <laughs> fine. Yeah, exactly. I guess. I guess they need like more physical action or whatever. So he points him and the devil talk. The devil talks about you know cashing in that favor, and Johnny tries to leave, and the devil's like, you know, no, we're no, we're under contract. So what do we do? We get another good snap zoom to Cage's eye, and we get a sequence of Nick Cage riding down the road. Shit is just on fire. Buildings are blowing up. And you know you're an adult when you're watching this scene. And you're like, oh, dang, I wonder if I wonder if any of these places have insurance that'll cover this. Yeah, I was about to say, no, literally, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I was like, that's a lot of needless property damage. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like, there's a small business there that can't reopen that because he just had to have a moment on his bike. And this was unnecessary and a little on the cruel side. That family will no longer be able to put their child through medical school. How, how, Dude, how, how are we you? this boring? How are we this boring? We weren't this boring as teenagers. Like, Dude, turn, turn, we're, talking about the, we're talking about the property damage results of Nick Cage having a moment turning into the ghost rider. Like, Dude, when we were teenagers, we would have been like, fuck yeah, destruction. But now we're just like, ooh. Yeah, we been like, yeah, blow up the cars. <laughs> so we get Nick Cage now. He bursts through this like one building and he starts his transformation into Ghost Rider. This is like the best part of the movie. <laughs> where, where oh, we're yeah, that's the, awesome. most, the most of Nick, like the most Nick Cage of Nick Cage. Like, I just want the raw video clips of that scene while Nick Cage is just screaming while it's dead quiet. In fact, I'll, I'll do you one better. I bet that those clips, they're they're not even rehearsed. The cinematographer just, you know, hit record while Nick Cage was just getting ready for the scene. Like, that's just how he prepares for the scene, like just screaming and shaking his hands. And the director was just like, you know what? Uh, yeah, let's just use this. Just tell him we're going to film a scene. Have him get ready, film that, and then just don't tell him. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, this whole scene is just something. Like, it's literally something. Like, I feel like everyone recognizes this scene. Everyone who's been on the internet for, like, more than three years and knows of Nick Cage's ridiculous antics knows the scene from Ghost Rider, where he's just sitting there. Because, like, it's just, it's just so drawn out. And just so it's just so contextually ridiculous mm -hmm. because even because contextually speaking, you're like, OK, this is transition to the Ghost Rider. But you also look at Nick Cage just going like. 
this dude has to just like this this is ridiculous he looks like without this editing he looks like 50 times more ridiculous than he already fucking does how do you prepare for acting for a scene like this i was about to say i they're just like maybe he just had like a thing where he did like like a like like a like a like a stunt like he was like Steve-O or something. He just like put hot sauce in his eyes and he's like, and he's like, he's like, that's him genuinely like going crazy, bro. That's like what other actors would have done to get this performance. No, not Nick Cage. Nick Cage just Dude, he just I, knows. Like Jared Leto has to like had to like sink his life into Morbius, the greatest the greatest movie of our generation. Uh, meanwhile, Nicolas Cage doesn't have to sink into anything. That's just how that's how Nick Cage is. So now we get the Ghost Rider and all of his, you know, gloriously just dated effects. We get a Ghost Rider encounter with the Avatar gang. We get more pointing and <laughs> Nick Cage fights Earth of the group. I I don't know what his actual name is. He's just Earth. So they have yeah. like a fight it, scene. He gets hit by a truck and gets hung somehow. And then Ghost Rider just, you know, flings this chain that he has and turns the dirt guy into glass. And um, yep, the, that's it. It's the most it's such a short fight. Like, granted, I'm someone who's all about like making sure we get the point across as like hard as like hit it as hard as possible, but also don't draw it out where it doesn't need to be drawn out. Mm -hmm. I feel like it could have been drawn out. We could have had a big fight. Like this is whole thing where it's like you showcase the ghost rider being the badass, but instead all they did was sit there and just go skull and earth bending. And then he just turns them into a statue and you're like, okay. Also quick one ghost rider, like already like, my favorite thing about this is after his transformation to Ghost Rider, he's fucking already there. Mm -hmm. He's already fucking he knows how to throw hands as Ghost Rider. Like there's no like there's no warm up period. There's no like, whoa, how does this work? Like where he's like has to like get used to shit or like understand the fact that his face is on fire now mm -hmm. and he doesn't have a face like he's, he's, he's just like he's he's ready to go. He's he he uh, he rolls into it so fast. Like he he's like he's like someone who's been taking Ambien for like the past two years. Like he just wakes up in situations and he's like, OK, let's do this. Like now I, I want to go back because one thing and this is going to kind of be talking about like the whole film in general, but we talked about it here. So I'm just going to go ahead and mention it with the fight scenes. A lot of them, I'd say like all of them are pretty, pretty short. Like they're pretty, yeah. they're pretty short. They're done. They're over with. There's not really like a conflict. Maybe the end. Maybe the ending one. Maybe, but for a lot of the by, whole movie, like up until this point, there is like they are <laughs> so short. It's not like you know. I, I kept comparing it to the crow. You remember that, the crow with Brandon Lee? Oh yeah, with Brandon Lee. Yeah, 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 yeah. Movie, yeah. That, I remember that, that had like you know a bunch of a lot of different characters that Brandon Lee was fighting against. But the fight scenes they felt longer, and the characters he was going against felt you know, I don't know. It felt it felt like there was a world there, but not yeah. Like this it movie. felt weightier. Yeah, but not here. Yeah, yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. It was just yeah. It's it's it just feels so rushed. 
But moving on, moving on, he kills he kills the fucking Earthbender mm-hmm. unceremoniously. Yeah, he kills the Earthbender. He whistles for his bike, and you know, little little preteen Maxwell just saw that and was just like, "Fuck yeah!" Ghost Rider driving down the road, shits on fire. It's awesome. We get another random cutaway gag with Roxy where. She asks the waiter, you think I'm pretty, right? And the waiter just says nothing. And that's the fucking scene again. And then we get. Go- uh, <laughs> shout out to that waiter. That waiter does not give a shit. He doesn't care about his job. He, this man is just like, ma'am, you asked me to serve wine. Not not gas you up and be your boyfriend. Not my circus, not my monkeys. Not my circus, not my monkeys. Not my circus, not my monkeys. (laughs) This man literally is like, that is the definition of, it's not my job to make you feel better. It's my job to make sure you pay the check. (laughs) So Ghost Rider is off driving, causing shit to explode, causing too much in property damage. And he's nice enough to actually stop a mugging. And this is when we get the introduction to his power of the penance stare where he pulls the mugger up and he says, look into my eyes and feel the pain of the souls that you've done wrong. And I, I, I don't, I don't fucking know. He, he probably said it a lot cooler than I did. Yeah. <laughs> no, he said it with the same intensity, so with, a- <laughs> with the same inflection and everything. I'll look into my eyes and feel the pain that you inflicted or something. It was just like, the, it was like the rehearsal take. We were just trying to say, get, just get through the lines. Like, ah, eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't fucking know. So we get more ghost rider walking. This kind of had a, this made me have a realization seeing ghost rider, like driving through just by the trees. You want to know who his real enemy actually is? Smokey the fucking bear. How the fuck did he not cause a forest fire with his bike leaving behind that trail of fire? I was about to say, that is very, that is very, and yeah, logistically speaking, there had to be a little bit of embers that like hit one of the trees. Like maybe, maybe, maybe it's a particularly wet day wherever, whatever part of Texas they're in. If we just get like just the, Ultra Instinct, Smokey the Bear versus Ghost Rider in the next Mortal Kombat update. Dude, Ultra Instinct, Smokey the Bear would just be great. <laughs> Only you could prevent this ass whooping, but that time came and went. <laughs> so going through this, Cage wakes up um, in a cemetery, drinks like a drunk, hungover college student the morning after a night of partying. He just chugs all the water in sight. He get we see Sam Elliott is here. Oh, what is he doing here? <laughs> oh, they they have their conversation. Sam Elliott, his role kind of serves as like you know explaining things to Nick Cage. Which I mean, he could they could have found a better role for him with this movie, but that's that's just that's just what he is. Yeah, and we get you know more of Sam Elliott dropping words of wisdom. The question is, who are you? Just. Cage yeah. <laughs> tries to leave. Sam Elliott continues to monologue. More snap zooms on Nick Cage. So Sam Elliott is now stitching up a wound, and um, Nick Cage. They're having just this whole conversation, and then Elliot, and then Sam Elliott finds out like, oh, he sent you out after Blackheart. He's like, oh fuck, okay, wow. <laughs> I like, yeah. The best part is, is like, it's like, it's like Sam Elliott's doing his like rough day. 
And the guy's like, yeah, they're sending me after Black Horse. And like, you can even see like his character, same like his character go, oh, f- oh you're <laughs> fucked. Like, oh shit, okay. Like, damn. <laughs> oh shit. So Cage realizing like, oh, you know, I left my date like just waiting for me. He goes to, again, do the creepy shit thing and find Roxy at her job. And he just, you know, bikes through a crime scene and no one says anything like I I thought he was supposed to be just like super famous. But I guess apparently the people at like, you know, the police department and the citizens in the area just haven't haven't seen a stunt show in a while. Like the like the like the like the police department, I can understand. They're like, "Oh, cool," but we have a job to mm-hmm. do. But, but like the citizens of surrounding area, are like, is that Johnny fucking police? <laughs> like, like also like the fact that he's like the fact that he stood his data one hundred percent. You're like, okay, that sucks. That's kind of shitty. But like, he he very stalkerish finds mm-hmm. her. And and he just like shows up and like the thing that just sort of like I feel like is like really like weird in this scene is she like hears him out and is pretty fucking forgiving. Like 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 think about I just want like to like for for both you and the listeners to like just put yourself in her shoes. There's a person that you used to talk to when you were a teenager. They left. Many years later, you guys re you guys reconvene. Mm-hmm. They take they they ask to take you out to a certain restaurant. You say yes. You wait for hours and hours and hours of this person who has already left you before <laughs> for the whole night, and then they still stand you up again. I feel like it would be a like fool me once, shame on y- y- you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And you're like, nope, I wised up. I'm done. None of this bullshit. Fool, fool me, but fool me, you can't get fooled again. We can't get fooled again. A wise man said that. No, uh, no, no. It's just so weird to me that she's like, she's like, okay, I'll go again. And you're like, really, really, girl, really? You're gonna, you're gonna hear this man out again? Okay, whatever, whatever. All right. Yeah, I mean, like, she's just sitting there, just like trying to interview Rebel Wilson, who is in this movie. Yeah, I was like, I just saw Rebel, we just see Rebel Wilson dressed as a goth girl just doing an interview, and you're like, whoa, okay, this is weird seeing you here. I didn't, I didn't, like, I didn't, I didn't see it at the mugging you. scene, but like, during the interview, I was like, oh, oh yeah, she's in this movie. Yeah, I didn't recognize her at the mugging scene either. It was literally, it wasn't until she was giving the interview that I was like, Oh, fuck. Okay, that's Rebel Wilson. (laughs) So they have the conversation. They agree, okay, you know, maybe we'll try one more time. And they find a license plate at the crime scene. We go back to Nick Cage's apartment. He's getting out of the shower. And holy fuck, how is he that ripped? The motherfucker has (laughs) abs for days. He must only eat, like, steak and creatine. That man hasn't had a carbohydrate (laughs) in, like, 20 fucking years. Dear Lord. (laughs) Yeah. No, no. I was like, I was like, we dump on Nick Cage a lot at this podcast. (laughs) Mother of God, that man is in shape. That man is in tremendous shape in this movie. Fuck. Dude, the man is cut like Chris Evans in the fucking in the fucking Avengers movie where he fucking holds the helicopter with his arm. Dude, Nick Nick Cage was doing all like you know the body transformation. Well, I guess he did technically do it after Christian Bale, but Nick Cage fucking perfected it. Then, good yeah, lord. Yeah, I was about to say. 
I was like, up until the fucking Avengers workout routine started to show up, like he was the fucking him and Christian Bale were the gold fucking standards, dude. Like, did, did and I got a question? Like, did did the devil give him that? Like, I was about to say, was the devil like was the devil like BT Dubs? This is a this is a company perk, and he like gives you abs. <laughs> oh, oh, let's take a look at the company. Like health, health insurance, dental insurance, four hundred one k abs for days. Oh, okay, okay, this benefit okay we have like we also have a discount at the amazon store too and you're like that tracks (laughs) so roxy comes up to visit nick cage after cage again knows how to control he tries to control his powers and he just lights his hand on fire all of a sudden okay he just magically knows how to work his powers that's just awesome roxy comes up to visit with nick cage and cage says you know Oh, you know, I, I, uh, he, uh, he kept some pictures of her and she just finds that just so hot. And the, but then she just doubles back and says, wait, you don't care. Don't you care about me at all, Johnny? You can trust me. (laughs) And like starts to, you know, try to play the sympathy, like try to like, just try to understand like what is going on with Johnny. Mm -hmm. But then Mm -hmm. Johnny goes and says, you know, he explains, you know, how he made, the deal with the devil and how he's his bounty hunter and it goes about as well as you think it would. And Roxy's just sitting there just like, yeah. you know, I could take you to a psychiatric hospital or I can see that you're just uh, making things up. And of course she leaves him like all my exes did when they tell me the same thing. And as soon as she <laughs> leaves, <as> soon- damn, <laughs> just self burn right there. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, I ain't got no words for that. That's, 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 that's setting up your own knife. That's setting up your own bear trap and then stepping in it voluntarily. <laughs> Look, we don't take ourselves seriously here at the Mess Up at Midnight podcast. I, was, I am actually wearing we, a Hawaiian shirt right now. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm wearing a Vermont Catamounts shirt. I didn't even go to Vermont. <laughs> so as soon as she leaves, the cops come in just Guns fucking drawn, ready just to kill that man stone dead. <laughs> of course, he gets taken back. Of course, Cage gets taken back to the police precinct. And Cage just starts saying, you know, like a lot of he starts, you know, cutting up, trying to cut up with the police officers, but it's just not working. And I picked up a line that I want to run by you. Cage said, I intend to apply my skills to be a motorcycle policeman. Does this mean that this movie is a prequel to The Wicker Man? <laughs> oh my god, wait. 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 I'm look, I'm I'm just asking questions here. I'm Yo. not trying to start a conspiracy or anything, but like he did say that in this movie. Did wait, did any of the writers have a hand in the fucking Wicker Man remake? Because But Wicker Man did actually, Wicker Man did come out the year before. That's a next level call out. That is a next level fucking call out. I'm, I'm looking impressed. Actually, like unironically, that's actually awesome. He, they called back. They referenced another shitty movie that Nick Cage was in. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm just asking questions. Do they take place in the same universe? Why didn't Nick Cage just turn into Ghost Rider when the bees were coming around? What a Flame them bitches up, but no, nope, it's fine. <laughs> it's okay. That would be awesome. That'd be awesome if Ghost Rider was the one who went to the fucking Summer Isle. <laughs> so Cage gets thrown in with all the other inmates. 
And then we get the transformation of Nick Cage into Nick fucking Cage doing his maniacal laughing as all the inmates just kind of start dogpiling him and just start punching him while he's on the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they all they're all kind of doing the movie thing where they're all like making the punching motions. But you're like, I don't know, as someone who has got the, the relative shit kinked out of me, usually it's just a lot of kicking that usually works. But OK, so they dogpile him and he transforms he takes this guy's jacket and because of course it has spikes and shit because you know hashtag gen x and the one nice guy that was there like hey guys maybe we shouldn't be beating up nick cage in this jail cell cage as ghost Rider, just point <laughs> just again he points to him and then what just, is it with this movie and pointing there's a lot of it like i i was not expecting this much pointing and i'm i'm kind of upset about i'm kind of upset by it yeah yeah exactly but what does he say so he says like you know you you were like he was saying hey y'all don't beat him up and ghost rider points he says you're innocent and then the kid just finally collapses anyways so ghost rider now breaks out of the jail or not jail where the police station where they're keeping him. and uh yep we cut to the next scene and we get um blackheart like he wants something and the priest keeps saying like no and i they're setting something up here it kind of doesn't matter we get that we get what we really came for where we see nick cage escaping from the police chasing <laughs> after a man with a skull on fire Oh my just you know God. the local the local texas police department chasing after a man with a skull I on fire love, i love that i love the cops in texas man they those motherfuckers are tenacious they see an actual demon who has broken out of prison who does who is a who is literally a skull on fire who is walking out he's not running he's not dodging and ducking and weaving he's walking out and the cops are like, get that man. Like, like I, when I was a cop and like my commanding officer was like, chase him. I'd be like, no. no. <laughs> are you insane? No. Look at him. I'm going home. Like, fuck off. Dude, it just feels like it should be like, that's the time when all the officers are like, you know what? That's somebody else's job. Call the FBI. This yeah, is, <laughs> you're like, call the military because we're not doing this. We're not going to stop that motherfucker. This is not, you know, the responsibility of the Houston or Dallas or whatever police department this is. So Cage escapes, takes his motorcycle, gets it into the river. And I guess his motorcycle can turn into a jet ski because he drives on water. OK, so that is canonical to the to the actual comic okay. books, though. So that is actually pretty it's on still weird. <laughs> Oh, it's it's very weird. It's very weird. So they're so Ghost Rider's driving around. He rides up a building, but and now he has to fight air. So you know the Ghost Rider goes to the top of this building. The cops are saying some shit, and it just so happens that Roxy is at the building right next to where Nick Cage is. And we get to the top, and this is when we get the fight scene between Ghost Rider and Air. On top of a building. I'm like, okay, this could be like a really, a really cool scene. And what does Nick Cage do? <laughs> he just lassos the chain, turns it into a fan, and <laughs> just yeah. The the Yeah, that's it's, it. He just 
Yeah, it's it's so lame. <laughs> like actually, like the like like when he's fighting against air, air is like air is like, oh, none of your tricks work against me, and you're like, oh, he's gonna be creative. And like, I mean, to his credit, he's creative, but it's like an anticlimactic kind of creative. It's, a, it's, it's quick. Like, yeah, it's like it's like the logical thing that like it's like it feels like it feels like the logical answer that we should be giving mm-hmm. instead of the actual fun answer that the movie gives. Like that should be the why doesn't he just spin it around? Like because literally he just goes all right and he just like spins it and the guy dies and you're like oh yeah, it's just like okay it, it feels like and what follow me with this it feels like Ghost Rider is not human. Stick with like it doesn't feel like he. No, and of course, people are sitting there. It's being, almost as if he's a demon. Of course, people are sitting there being like, "Oh yeah, no shit." But like for us to actually kind of care about him, we need to see that okay, he is vulnerable and he can be beaten. But when he's ghost, he, it's just kind of like it's very fast. It's very quick. When you look at movies like John Wick or Old Boy or even the original Iron Man, like the characters feel the characters are he, like they got that human quality that we go for. Yeah, but here it just doesn't. It's it's not there. It's like, it's like, I mean, like with like, like what you said with old boy and John Wick and like those guys are like forces of fucking nature, mm-hmm. but they still get their asses kicked. Oh, yeah. They get their asses handed to them. But like, it's like, and this is like where it's like Ghost Rider is also a force of nature, but he doesn't feel nearly as badass because all he does is just show up, win and continue. And you're like, oh, OK, <laughs> like he shows up and you're like, oh, he goes is going to be the ever loving shit out of this person. And he does. And you're like, he's not going to get hurt at all. Or there's going to be no tense moments. And there aren't. And you're like, OK, cool. He did it. He's going to move on. Like, yeah, whatever. So now Cage lands um, after beating air. The police are surrounding him with their guns drawn. They all shoot him. Of course, it doesn't work. Roxy is back. Who now that she sees this, she's like, "Oh, I think I get it now." It's just it's so quick. But Blackheart's sitting there, like, "Oh, like he sees you know Ghost Rider staring at rocks." He's like, "Oh, I think we know his weakness now." And much like any other person in the world, Cage returns to Sam Elliott for guidance. Absolutely. <laughs> This is and this was this was and this was and this is Sam Elliott like at peak Western long hair like lone cowboy ranger esque era like perfect fucking energy man I'm telling you Sam Elliott and Matthew McConaughey they share like a similar energy like where I just want to sit down just have them just like talk at me and like you know a southern accent just I'll get something from it they're different genres of the same energy. Mm One is more broy energy, and the other is more like Western dad guidance. Hey, give give it like ten to fifteen years. Maybe we'll see Matthew McConaughey turn into that. I mean, he already is kind of, but it's still very half baked knowledge. Like it's like the it's like the it's like he's in dad mode, trying to give like like the same level of guidance. Mm-hmm. But it's very obvious that he smoked way too much weed and partied way too hard as a kid. So he's like, so all of it, you're like, I get what you're trying to go for, but this is weird. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> So Sam Elliott's there to give exposition on Carter Slade, the former Ghost Rider. We we already got this exposition like at the very beginning of the movie, which I feel like that scene would have maybe done a little bit better here. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. The movie's already out. 
So Carter stole a contract from the devil and he's getting um, Sam Elliott says, you know, don't be around loved ones during this time, at which point Cage is like, oh, fuck. So we then cut to Roxy <laughs> back at Cage's hotel with um, their man with uh, Cage's manager. So Roxy now decides, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I love him, which, OK, that's kind of quick but yeah word i was about to say uh, i was about to say dude, like literally she turns around uh, i tell you she is confusing she's actually fucking confusing mm-hmm. like because she sits there and just like he has given no rope like he he, he has given no opportunities to look good mm-hmm. all he's done is just stand her up a few times go i've changed and she's like Okay, and that's it. And then he's proved he's like completely effing insane to her. And then like maybe tell the truth, but like it's just so weird. Like you're like, ugh, what the fuck? So Cage tries to figure out where Roxy is by interrogating the cameraman. We go back to um we go back to Cage's apartment where Blackheart is there, and now Roxy points. <laughs> <laughs> And this is when like this is when Cage comes back and he sees Blackheart and we get our like first um, interaction between the two and mm-hmm. they have they had they have a fight. Blackheart then turns into that one kid um, while Cage is trying to use, you know, his pennant stare that he used from the beginning. And he Cage tries to use it and Blackheart's like that this has no effect on me. And he just kind of turns into that one kid that you played with when you were little. It's like, well, my power is more powerful than your power. Your power doesn't work against me. Oh yeah, we did the. I feel like we did this. We did this thing with uh with Mac and Bay, that they're always one kid who will sit there and just go, just go. Well, I have X, so your power doesn't do that to me. You're just like, or it's like my power up. is invincible, and you're just like you're just like you're like well, you just fucking play and let us have fun you know it's either that or he is actually just a dirty ginger that just doesn't have a soul it's kind of to say blackheart's blackheart dies his hair blackheart dies his hair yeah he's he's secretly a ginger he 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 doesn't have a soul (laughs) you're entitled to your 401k payments if you remember that meme oh my god oh god So long story short, Cage's girl gets kidnapped. So again, goes back to Sam Elliott to get the contract so he can go bring it to Blackheart and, you know, hopefully find a way to save the day. And Nick Cage again in this line gives the classic. He may talk about the devil. He may have my soul, but he doesn't have my spirit. Oh Mars. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I heard that and audibly went, "Oh god!" <laughs> like I'm not even kidding. I heard that went, "Uh," you're like, "Oh, come on, guys." <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Like how? How did? How did the writers go?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's badass. And another, like, another, no. another great line in the scene was by Sam Elliott by saying. You got the power of God on your side. And I was just really hoping for him to say, and anime. Yeah, I was about to say, it was like, and then you just hear someone screeching from like the distance. And big surprise, there was literally no way we could not see this coming. Sam Elliott was Carter Slade. 
And he said, I got, I got one last ride in me. So they both turn into their ghost rider and we get some Western music and they're riding in the desert, ghost rider on his motorcycle, ghost rider on his horse. And I'm like, this is cool. This is awesome. This is like oh, exactly yeah. what we wanted. Yeah, yeah. This is the moment where I'm just like, hell yeah. Hell yes. I was like, I am super here for this. And this could have been like a great point for the movie to, you know, show a little bit of depth. I know we just, you know, bashed on world building, but world building in a smaller context, I think is fine. Like not like the other Marvel movies where you need to see like 14, 15 movies just to get a small, a small little reference. You're just like, you know, okay, here is the world that we have. Here's the universe that we have established. By showing, you know, older Ghost Riders, like, okay, this was seeing like Ghost Rider, the Carter Slade interact with Blackheart, Carter Slade interact with Mephistopheles, like this, this would have been so cool. And then Carter Slade is just like, this is the end of the line for me, I could only change one more time. And then he turns around and he just fucking leaves. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I was, I was so fucking confused because he literally goes, well, that's it. And he just like, just stops and turns and goes like, and even Nick Cage is like, you're not going to fight. And he said, that's all I had left in me. And you're like, huh, what? <laughs> Man, you could only ride in the desert for like X amount of like, for like, for like however long. And then you're just like, that's it. And then you just turn around and dip like, damn. That's like that's so lame. It would have been so cool if we would have, you know, gotten some more interactions and you know, nope, nope. They just they just had to ruin it. So anyways, we get more of just raw Nick Cage just riding his motorcycle through the swamp. And I mean it would have been better if like, you know, the next person he was fighting was Shrek, but nope, it's just the water guy. Which, you know, mm-hmm. with his skull being on fire and you know, water being water. Okay, you know, maybe there is something here that we could do with this where he extinguishes the skull and he loses or something like that. And I'm like, and all he does is like, all Nick Cage does is just kind of like yell really loudly when he's in the Ghost Rider form. And then he just kills water and that's it. Yeah, I didn't understand how water died. Like, I really didn't. Like, it kind of just looks like he just yelled and the guy dies. And he's like, cool, glad that's over with. And he just, like, moves on. And I'm like, I'm really kind of confused. Okay, so I guess that just kills that character. Okay, that that that's cool, I guess. So Nick Cage now, not, not in his Ghost Rider form, drives up and he sees Blackheart. We're in the desert. He's got Roxy. We get some more snap zooms, some more pointing. And Blackheart, or sorry, Twilight. I've been calling him Blackheart this whole time when his name is actually Twilight. Fucking just throws Roxy as far as he can. He goes to hand over the contract when Psych, he punches Blackheart in the face. Cage is now in his ghost rider form. He's throwing like, he's like fire is on the ground he like takes a fire snowball thing and throws it towards twilight like he's a like he's a fucking child and then somehow twilight gets the contract and he turns into like this early 2000s heavy metal music video with all of these like ghosts and dusts around him yeah no no it was once he like gets possessed it is just (laughs) It's so, it's so, it's so just 
just lame. <laughs> like I like I wish I had other words for it, but he's just he just sits there and just like he gets the powers and you're just like, oh my god, this looks like a butt rock like music video from like the from like 2004. And then he just turns and very emptily and like very just like vacantly just goes goes we are so blah 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 and and just the whole time you're kind of just like oh all right i thought it was gonna be like this cool big like like fucking what are the like uh gargoyles or something like 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 he's gonna get yeah some big monster but like no his eyes just glow red and you're like his his powers are he just smoked maybe a little too much weed I was about to say, I was like, I was like, I was like, man, I think one of my friends absorbed a few too many souls in that case in college. So now we get the we get this idea where go where it's like about to be, you know, the morning. So we're still getting like some shadows on the ground and Cage is only Ghost Rider in the shadows. So he tries to like get his, do his best to like get into the shadows so he can transform into ghost rider because he can't do it during the day and he tries to get his gun he goes like all evil dead on him and tries to you know use the boomstick but he turns and he shoots and that just doesn't work so cage and and sorry twilight start fighting in this one area where it's really dark and he transforms into ghost rider he doesn't tra- he he himself does not transform into ghost rider cage transforms his gun into like ghost rider and he like he turns his gun gen x with chains and shit and shoots and that yeah. causes legion to blow up yeah yeah it's super yeah it's just it's just one of those things where I'm sitting there just going like, how did you not use the gun before mm-hmm. in many other scenarios? Like, well, I think, I think, if it's I think effective enough to like yeah. take Legion down, then like, shit, man, maybe use that. But like, okay. No, but, it doesn't ta- but, uh, but it doesn't take Legion down. It Oh, if it hurt him yeah, that it, much. It hurt yeah. him, and then his souls all come back together, and Cage just thinks our souls, you know? Maybe now I can use the penance stare now that Twilight isn't a ginger anymore. So, yay, it works. He uses the penance stare. Hooray, he's dead. Man, him and Roxy, they have this moment where they love each other and the day is saved. And, you know, then we get the devil again. We get... Um, Jack Nicholson, he appears and he's him and Nick Cage and his girl are talking to the devil. He points again, just, you know, just for one last fucking time. And Cage says, you know, this this is a curse against me. And he turns into that kid who says, no, now that I have it, I'm not going to give it back. Yeah, he goes, I don't want to. <laughs> and like, I love I love in this end scene. Because because uh, the because Jack Nicholson or whatever name we've chosen to call him is literally just sitting there going like going like okay you did it you can I'll take the powers back and he goes no I don't want to and like and the guy's like guy's like what and he goes no this is a curse and this is my curse and you're like and the thing is is like is like is like Jack Nicholson or whatever it just gets he gets mad mm-hmm. and he's like he's like. <laughs> and like and like the best part is is like 
Johnny just keeps sitting there going like, I'm going to use it to hunt you down and I'm going to take you on and all that. And like, he's just like, no. And then he's just like dips. And you're like, hey, man, I don't want to be that guy. But couldn't you just like completely just like rip him to shreds or just like involuntarily get rid of his powers? Why did you just get mad and dip? You're the one that wrote the contract. I was like, I was like, I feel like the, I feel like you hold literally all of the cards. Like, I, why, why did you just leave? He so Cage is just like, okay, you know, fuck you. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the spirit of vengeance. And of course, Cage and Roxy they share one more kiss. Where of course it's where they carved their name into the tree. And I'm like, okay, we get one more Sam Elliott monologue. We get a shot of Nick Cage on a motorcycle and a skull. And um, yeah, that's the movie. That that That's fucking Ghost Rider. Or at least the that's first one. It. Yeah, it's 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 got a the end for now. <laughs> no, no it, it doesn't. We're not covering the, uh, the second Ghost Rider this month for Nick Cage month, guys. That, that's just a spoiler. Is there a second Ghost Rider? There, you didn't know this. Wait, there is a second Ghost Rider. You're... You're sh- wait. You're shitting. I'm not shitting. Me. You, didn't, you didn't know that. Ghost Rider Spear of Vengeance. What? <laughs> you guys can't see this, but Mike's no. is like a gape right now. He just doesn't know what to think. I thought. I thought you knew. How that. did? No. How did fourteen-year-old me not know about this? What? Yeah, dude, it came out in 2012. <laughs> God. Damn it! How did I miss this? Are you actually mad at yourself now? Yes! I would have loved this! I would have loved to know this news! I, Dude, but to wait, I loved Ghost Rider, the original movie, for a long-ass time. I, If I had known that Spirit of Vengeance had come out, like I would have watched the shit out of that. <laughs> Damn. Well, now you can go out and live your 14-year-old dream by going and checking out Spirit of Vengeance, which I hear is even worse than this one. Oh. Oh, then we got to cover We got to We got to We will talk. We will see if we if we can squeeze it in this month. Probably not. We already got plans, but we're going to review the second Ghost Rider at some point. You guys can mark our words on that one. Yeah, absolutely. As I'll, I'll, I'll make sure we do it. If not, feel free to remind us. <laughs> Let us know on Instagram, guys. You can follow us at Messed Up at Midnight. We got a lot of cool stuff coming out. Uh, um, also, follow us on Twitter as well. Yeah, follow us. Up, follow us on Twitter. Uh, mess, uh, messed up at night. On there, we both we both update. Uh, we both update those sites uh, pretty frequently. Uh, with news regarding the podcast and just de- generally what's on our minds. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So de- definitely follow us there to keep uh, keep up to date on what's going on. Yeah, and that was Ghost Rider, another, you know, glorious. We got Nick Cage as a superhero, at least, which I'm which I'm glad about. Absolutely. I couldn't be happier. And uh, honestly, that is. That is the Nick Cage superhero ghost. Yeah, because I was gonna I was trying to think like what other superhero would Nick Cage play? I mean, of course, I know that he played Spider-Man Noir in Into the Spider-Verse, but like I'm I'm talking like yeah, live action, like who would Nick Cage play? If you guys have any other ideas, let us know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Do well, so. Guys, that does it for this episode of the Messed Up at Midnight podcast. Nick Cage month is going to continue to roll on. We got something interesting planned for next week. So just oh, be on yeah. the lookout for that one. Mike, do you have anything else you oh. want to say? Uh, I, I, honestly, I would, God, I'm trying to think of like a really fun quip, but like, I just, just don't go to Texas. Don't go to Avoid Texas. Texas. It's not worth it. Avoid Texas. All you're going to do is sign away your soul <laughs> to some guy who looks like a Jack Nicholson knockoff. All right, guys, that does it for this episode and we'll see you next week. All right. See you.